just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show. My name is Johnny Ball. This is Speaking Influence, the show for people who are looking to build their personal and professional influence and to become powerfully persuasive communicators. And as a bonus to that, you may well understand how influence and persuasion works well enough to be able to protect yourself from the times when it may be being used against you. One of my greatest goals with the show is to help people build their professional influence, especially people who are looking to be in a leadership position or already are and really want to step up their charisma and their leadership skills in order to stand out as a thought leader, an industry leader or wherever you are stepping up in your life. As such, we'll often have shows with people from the world of marketing, public relations, even neuroscience. We've spoken to people in the world of secret service, publishing, professional speakers, comedians, speechwriters, rhetoricians, and more besides. Recently, I had a conversation with Alex Sanfilippo from Podmatch and Podpros about the influence that is potentially available with podcasting and the opportunity there for people to be able to build professional influence in some way, shape or form. And there really are many opportunities in the world of podcasting. And that episode with Alex is great. And I want to carry on that theme in this conversation which I was fortunate enough to be able to book Mr. Mark Asquith from Captivate FM. And if you're not familiar with Captivate, it is a hosting site for podcasters who are serious about podcasting and, and I guess really looking at podcasting as a professional activity rather than perhaps just hobby podcasters or maybe more generalist kind of shows. Now, Mark gets paid to speak all around the world about podcasting and has a lot of great insights into the industry. But he's also a really practical guy, very, very down to earth and very straight talking straight talking without being rude and in a way that is just very natural and comfortable and i had a great time chatting to mark i kind of feel like i've known mark for ages because i've been listening to his podcast which is called the podcast accelerator and i do sometimes hear him from time to time on captivate insider which is a show by the team at captivate about helping users to utilize features and discussing various aspects of podcasting now, I will say, I also have a show coming up with Adam Adams from the podcast on podcasting. This is probably like to come up a number of times as a theme on the show. Being a podcaster myself and understanding how much potential there is in the world of podcasting, I think we would be foolish to miss podcasting out as part of our own professional ecosystems. Now, I know you're going to enjoy this conversation with Mark. I did. We had a lot of laughs. We had some fun. We don't take it all too seriously. But you're also going to get some great value out of this and some good insights into podcasting. 
And I do recommend taking a listen to Mark's own podcast if you are already a podcaster or are thinking about becoming one. And make sure you follow him on YouTube as well. He always has great stuff coming up there. And I love chatting to him on Twitter. We've been talking about all sorts of crazy stuff. Mark's a big Star Wars fan. If you like Star Wars, you'll love talking to you about that. And we were just recently chatting this week about some stuff to do with Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the, and the Disney shows. There's all of that and more in this great chat that I got to have with Mr. Mark Asquith from Captivate FM. And now I hope you'll enjoy the show. Welcome to Speaking Influence, the show that helps you to master the psychology and application of ethical influence and persuasion in life and business with persuasive presentations and podcasting coach, Johnny Ball. Welcome to Speaking Influence. And today we are going to be talking about influence through podcasting. And we couldn't have a better guest to have that conversation with than Mr. Captivate himself, Mark Asquith. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Johnny. I've never been called Mr. Captivate before. I quite like that. <laughs> That's okay. It's quite a catchy nickname. I think we'll go with that. I was just saying to you before we before we hit record, I hear your voice in my head a lot. I listen to a lot of your podcasts. Captivate Insider, I hear you on that mm -hmm. sometimes. And the Podcast Accelerator show, which is your own show, which I really love listening to and have gotten so much great advice from. And you do some great stuff on youtube with that with your updates on captivate all the time as well i feel like uh i feel like i know you much more than i really do although uh, having had a little chat before we started recording today you're a very easy guy to get along with so uh it's really great to be speaking to you well thank you johnny i appreciate that and it's you know it's a weird scenario isn't it that it's um a lot of people say that you know that if i feel like i know you but probably don't but the irony is that you probably do know me better than most people because I've sort of always had that brand of just being a little bit, say what you see, a little bit straight laced. And, and, and back in the early days when we got into podcasting, no one was really doing that. Everyone was, they were either sort of on tenterhooks a little bit, you know, they were sort of being a little bit more professional, quote unquote professional, or they were like really highly branded people. You know, they were pretty corporate people. And I, when Kieran and I came in and, and, and I've, I've always had this, and it, it was a problem when I was younger, but now I'm old enough to not really worry about it in that I've always just treated everyone the same. And I know that sort of sounds like a good thing and it is, but you know, when you're at work and you're in a corporate job, like you're not, <laughs> you're not really supposed to do that. You know, the manager doesn't respect being uh, treated the same as the cleaner in very many circumstances, which is really bizarre to me. So you probably actually do know me as well as a lot of people like locally do or whatever, man. So I appreciate you listening as well. It means a lot. Thank you. Well, I certainly appreciate you coming in and chatting to me because it's it's almost a bit surreal to actually be able to uh, ask you the questions and hear the responses rather than just hearing your voice. So that's a, a nice situation for me to be in. I want to start by asking, because because this show is primarily about influence and persuasion, who for you is somebody who perhaps embodies influence and persuasion or somebody who you really respect and admire for theirs? I mean... The the person that got me into thinking like that was the old classic Cialdini. You know, I mean, that's that, and that's such an obvious thing. You know, he he taught me a lot around copyright, and I was lucky enough to meet him at we worked at Traffic and Conversion Summit together a few years ago, and it, it was he was doing the persuasion book, which I think is on the bookshelf behind me somewhere. Yeah, so he was an obvious one. However, <clears throat> I think long term, this is such a random one, but long term, the person that I look to as being a real an influence for me, but also someone that is so underrated as someone that has maneuvered his way through life through influencing those around him, but also through creating his, his own real 
I suppose his own version of influence, his own sphere of influence is, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know that's such a random thing. And I'm, I'm really fascinated by the public persona that he has versus the actual work that he puts in and what he does behind the scenes and the intellect and the IQ that he's got. And the reason I'm interested in that is because I think we're in business, we're a lot like that. You know, we've yeah. often got these personas that you see online and that's us being the actor, that's us being the athlete, that's us being the person that's trying to achieve the goal. And behind the scenes, we're motivated to do that because we've got our own set of things going on. And I think Arnie has always, he's married those two so tightly and just never relented on it. So I'm fascinated by people like that, that have not only achieved greatness once or twice, but have done it in four or five different arenas. So yeah, I know, I know that's a very bizarre answer, but probably, probably Schwarzenegger. It's interesting that I'm connected because of the nature of my show. I'm connected with a lot of professional speech writers and one of them being Simon Lancaster, who's a, a great speech writer and teaches that subject. He was breaking apart Arnold's recent talk to the Russian people that he published. Uh, I guess they published it on social media. Generally, I saw it on Twitter and it maybe most people did, but saying how good that was, like how well structured it was, how well thought out, the uses, metaphors, things that maybe even could have been better about it but it was interesting that quite a few speech writers were actually analyzing stuff that Arnold Schwarzenegger was talking about it's not what you'd expect is it it's not what you'd expect no it's really not and I, I think that speaks to the the just the presence of mind that someone like him has got and I, I believe that someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger has, has gone through that he's gone through a number of different areas in his life where he's had to be the pe the person that people thought he was, you know, right from being that first professional athlete to, to get signed by Gold's Gym and actually make a living from just training to be an athlete through Gold's Gym and, and, and then coming up through the acting scene and having to be stereotyped like that. And then obviously political scene and, and everything else that he's done around that. But the fact is, you know, he was already a multimillionaire before he did any of that. He did it all through real estate. And w when you then look at mapping the intelligence and the presence of mind and then the 70 odd years of experience that he's got becoming the best at so many different things suddenly you realize that actually if he wasn't for that little bit in the 80s where he was the muscle-bound movie star we'd think of him as Arnold Schwarzenegger the diplomat or the philanthropist or whatever else yeah. but that bit in the middle which was great don't get me wrong you know I'm a predator fan I'm a I'm a, I'm a twins fan I'm a I'm a fan of that but it's that bit that sticks in people's mind because that's the bit that everyone knows. It was the bit that made him so big. And it's, it is fascinating. I think there's always this juxtaposition between, you see it with musicians a lot, like a musician or an artist or someone that has got to a point so that they can have a platform of their own and then they take off and have a platform of their own. It's like the bit before they've got that influence is sort of the bit they, they can become remembered for. You know, they become the early Beatles instead of the later Beatles. Right. And... It's just amazing. I could talk about this all day because I am fascinated by that catalyst of I now have a platform. I'm big enough to now get out into the world what I want to do. And having that presence of mind to use the organizational structures to get to that point, I think is absolutely, honestly, like I said, I think it's fascinating. He is an interesting character. I won't talk too much longer about him, but I do want to, to say that he seems at least like someone who doesn't take all of that too seriously. Like he's not so bought into his character or who he's supposed to be that he's attached to it, which is maybe why he has been able to move through all these different roles and, and not feel too attached to any one image and, and maybe be able to shapeshift to a bit of a degree. Whereas I think a lot of Hollywood, a lot of the celebrity industry 
are. I think maybe that was some of, you know, we just had that whole thing with Will Smith at the Oscars, right? I think that was related to this thing of uh, people not being, you know, people taking themselves way too seriously and, and feeling slighted or uh, hurt when something gets said even as a joke. And that, that's kind of crazy. I can't imagine you know, Ar Arnold getting that upset in that situation. <laughs> No, no, me neither. And I, I think that just that does relate to, to to business. And I think when you consider what it takes to to have influence, um, and and what it takes to not only have influence but to number one gain the influence, and number two use the influence not only for how you want to use it, because that's why everyone wants influence. That it's a, it's a bit of leverage, but actually to use it to then to then. I suppose, build your next sphere or your next layer of influence in the direction that you want to build it. And I think you're absolutely right in that you just can't take yourself too seriously. We, we see it with Captivate, you know, customer experience and customer service is a great way of, of probably relating to what it means to not take yourself so seriously because, you know, there's the, the old adage that the customer's always right. And it's rare that the customer's right. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's true, you know. It, it, the customer is not there to be right. The customer's there to be heard and respected and to be... Um, worked with and to be helped and be, and to be you know anyone's job that works in customer experience is to is to listen like really listen not to just say yes you're right go you know shout at me some more and we'll give you a discount it's not that's not the point it's it's to prove that they've been heard and a lot of people think that building influence and using that influence is all about making sure that you please as many people as possible when actually it's not. They're people now, I believe, in 2022 and beyond, and even you know, obviously before this, but people want substance. You know, you and I talked earlier on about you listen to the show, and yeah. we talked about how you'd slightly tweaked some of the episodes and, and the format a little bit. Now, we have customers on Captivate. Every hosting platform has customers that say, my downloads aren't going up. Your platform is wrong. And in that circumstance, I've got two options. We can say, well, Okay, the platform isn't wrong. It can't be wrong. It's certified. It gets measured. It gets tested. It gets evaluated and assessed. It can't be. It can't be. You are wrong. And I'm really sorry. Go and find another host, which is, you know, that it could be perpetuated and, and, and turned into that if, if that discussion keep, keeps going like that. Or the other option that I've got is, well, okay, I've heard you. I understand why you might think it's wrong. Here are a couple of things just so you know how the analytics work. That's that. That's packed off. What's really going on? Like, why? I don't, I'm not really bothered about your numbers. Why are you annoyed if they did go down? What causes that to be a problem? Yeah. Is it because, you know, you're worried about losing a sponsor or that you'll never get a sponsor or that, you know, this is your hobby and you're deject, dejected to see it go down by 10%? Like, what has happened and why does it matter? Now, if we can get to the root of that one, and we bring this right back to influence, you gain so much more influence because you become the trusted guide, you become the advisor, you become the friend, you become the, the person that's holding them through this. And they trust what you say because you can help them because this is what you do. And it, there are so many people that don't do that but want influence. Like I see it a lot in the podcast industry. You get a lot of grumpy people, you know, you get a lot of grumpy people that in turn sort of treat people a little bit bad because they're asking those questions. And what they're not doing is reading between the lines. They're not saying, wait a sec, maybe it's me the responder that's not really understood what this person is really asking. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be the grumpy old thing. I'm just right. gonna tell them that we can't be wrong because we're a professional platform that's been doing it for twenty years. Go away. You know? Yeah. And it's 
I think when it comes to influence, you've got to understand <clears throat> that you do reap what you sow. You know, what you put in, you will get out. And it's it amazes me, like you said, that some people take things so seriously because you can't. You know, there's, there's wars going on. There's pandemics going on. There are diseases. Like, we're making podcasts. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you got to think about that, it a bit. It's not that serious. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with that. And uh, one, one of the things I, I think when it comes to podcasting, I think a lot of people seem to have this idea that, I talk about this like the field of dreams for, uh, philosophy, which is bullshit of um, if you make it, they will come kind of thing. And, uh, and so I feel a lot of podcasters feel entitled to audience just because they're making a show, regardless of what they're churning out. Yeah, it's, oh man, this could be a long one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's, a few, there's a few angles with this one, Johnny. Um, I think the first problem that, that you've got generally in podcasting is that podcasting is often seen as a way of, of content marketing, which it is, <clears throat> excuse me, like anything. You know, there's a reason product placement exists in movies because it's content marketing. You know, if, if Nokia puts its new flip phone in the Matrix in 1999, everyone wants a flip phone because, flip phone because it's really cool to do the thing. It's yeah. content marketing. It's been around forever. You know, Michael Jackson doing Pepsi commercials. It's content marketing. It's not an advert. It's, it's marketing through content. Go and look at Michael Jackson in that video. Not go and look at the advert. It's got Michael Jackson in it. It's, there's a difference to how that's pitched. So I think podcasting is, it has so many different types of people doing it. You've got the wonders of the world. You've got Global doing things like Hear My Voice. You've got them doing the originals. You've got fantastic talent like Jamie Anderson, son of the late Jerry Anderson, creator of Thunderbird and Stingray and the Super Mario Nation stuff, creating things like First Action Bureau. You know, we, we've got him on Captivate. It's a great cast. It's got John Coleshaw. It's got Genevieve Gaunt. It's talent creating narrative podcasts. You've got Aaron Mankey producing Law, which is a scripted podcast that digs into the horrors of, of, of folklore. Brilliant. And then you've got, you know, that's entertainment. And yeah. then you've got, you know, you've got interview shows like this one and you've solo shows like mine, which are squarely in education. You've got Duolingo doing educational podcasts to teach Spanish and teach French. <clears throat> Excuse me. You've got music theory podcasts. You've got gaming podcasts to talk about hobbies. And then you've got like entrepreneurial podcasts that, that people use to position themselves. So what people do is like no one ever goes, no one ever says, right, you want to build an audience, go and make a film. What they say is you should have a YouTube channel, which is making films, isn't it? It is. So what then happens is that in podcasting, we all go, well, you want to make it, you know, you want to position yourself as an authority. You want to explode your audience by 10x and blah, 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 blah. Go and make a podcast. Like, well, all right, but sort of why? Like, you know, you've got Wondery doing the movie podcasts and you've got us doing our podcasts. What kind of podcast should I make? Well, you can't make the movie podcast. So you make this kind of podcast, which is the interview one or the solo one. But then no one's watching as many YouTube videos or the YouTube videos aren't getting as many views as Spider-Man No Way Home because it's a different layer. It's a different right. level. So the problem is that we're bundled in. I was talking to someone at Global yesterday about this, about I think there's so much untapped potential of different models in podcasting because we're still thinking of podcasting as this whole, when it's not. I wrote about it, I think, three years ago, this gap between indie and big podcasting, in that Wondery, they're not like us. They're making productions to be sold to Amazon and to be made into movies, and that's what Aaron's doing with Law. I mean, he, he 
You know, he made his, he was he was actually the first TV show to be made out of, of a podcast. You know, it was on Amazon Prime. It had Robert right. Patrick in it. Lauren Shuler Donna produced it. Big, big stuff. So it's different to us because, you know, you know, <laughs> you might be a course guru over on the West Coast selling courses for 97 bucks a month. But if you stick your face on the face on a podcast cover, no one gives a crap yeah. because they don't want to hear that. They don't care. They don't need that. Your audience is going to be tiny because it's only going to be the people that already know you all that want the very specific thing that you're doing. So <clears throat> you're right. It is a bit field of dreams. But that's perpetuated by people selling podcast courses, saying now's the golden age of podcasting. Well, it's the golden age of building houses. It's the golden age of breathing. It's the golden age of like making tea. My kettle's never boiled quicker. Like it's, there's, there, it's just made up. Like it's just made up. So I think then what happens is that they think, well, I can put minimal effort in. All I, I see this all the time, man. Go and interview people. It's easy. It will explode your influence and you'll get big downloads from their network. And you and I know that's not true. Like you've, t- you've said earlier, you had to tweak your format because you weren't happy with it and you think it's become um, a better format and the listeners are more engaged because of it. You have consciously worked on that. You are a good podcaster because you've thought to yourself, I need to get better for my audience. Whereas everyone else that's doing these shows that feel they're entitled to an audience, they're just like, you want to be on my podcast? Go fill this really big form in. Tell me all the questions you want me to ask. Tell me the answers to it. Send me all your social links and just turn up and I'll just kind of ask you that bit. Yeah. And it doesn't quite work like that because it's, that's not what good content is. So that's the problem is that people think they can just turn it on because yeah. they've been told they can just turn it on. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> no, it's interesting because I, I, it's not just yourself as a, I would say, a podcasting expert. Uh, that I listen to, I listen to quite a few people. And so I hear differences in what people talk about. And certainly some of the people, when you talk about wanting to increase your downloads and stuff, their solution is churn out more content. Don't get me started, Johnny. Your solution is make better content. And I prefer that. But for, for people who are out there in, in the podcasting world or, or thinking about getting started, it's a bit confusing because you hear all these different voices saying, saying different things. Uh, I think it gets very hard to sort of find the voices that are actually worth listening to in the podcasting world. And I, someone like yourself, I prefer a bit of real talk. You know, I prefer someone who says, maybe your listener numbers aren't going up because your show's not that good. So you need to work on improving it. I take that seriously. I'm thinking, yeah, maybe my numbers aren't going up the way I hope they would because I need to improve on my format. And I started because actually because of a, one of your shows, I started going and listening to a few other interview shows that I was even potentially interested in being a guest on and listening just to how lazy they were in terms of some of them even asking guests to introduce themselves. And you, t- you tell us about yourself. You're like, well, that's, that's super lazy. <laughs> there's, there's been no research. There's been, oh, I just get people to, sh- to turn up and chat. And, wow, I don't think we can get by on, on that anymore. It's just kind of coasting to me. And, and that's not very exciting as a listener. No, I agree. And you're absolutely right. And, and, and that's because a lot of people online, are, I see all the time, I, inter- I saw someone the other day saying, come to the, the online podcast accelerator webinar. Like, as the host, of, the host of the actual podcast accelerator, I'll come along to that just so that we can talk trademarks. And I uh, got blocked. Didn't happen in the end. But it was um, interesting because they're doing the same thing. Put your show on autopilot. But then, like, they're the same people that are saying, well, this TV show's not very good. It's got samey. <laughs> yeah, it's because they put it on autopilot, mate. <laughs> so 
I think one of the, you know, back to that point of double your downloads and all that kind of guff, right? It, it's, it, it becomes easy to see who needs to make money from podcasting in different ways. So for example, you know, that advice of double your podcast download, right? If I'm selling a course or a membership about podcasting and you don't podcast, I've failed you, all right? When you launch and you don't, your numbers don't go up, if those numbers don't grow, I've failed you, right? So what are you going to do? You're going to cancel. And you're going to tell people that my advice is not very good. So I've got to give you anything, anything I can. I've got to give you a win. So I tell you to just put, put more content out because you'll get more downloads. Yeah, you will. You'll get more aggregate downloads, but that's not the right number, which we'll talk about in a second. <clears throat> the reason I can be so straight talking is because if you don't listen to my advice, that's all right. I'm not selling advice. It's cool. That's fine. You know, I'm selling Captivate, the podcast software, and that's pretty good. And I, I'll give you the advice based on how to use Captivate and I'll give you the advice based on what I see across thousands and ten thousands of podcasts, and I know what works because I see it every single day. And I'm not selling the advice. You can have that. I do calls with you know thousands of people. I do all sorts of stuff because I'm not selling that advice. And the 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 difference is then that I can be really honest about what people should be looking for. So back to that double your numbers example. What's the point in, in, in doubling your monthly numbers unless you're selling your back catalogue, which no one really is? The thing to do is sell, you know, sell your, your episode numbers. How many episode numbers, how many downloads do you get per episode within whatever four weeks of, of, of release? That is more akin to the number of people that you're touching that are listening. It's not the number of times one person is downloading your episodes, which is what the aggregate monthly number is. It's, you know, well, you know, Johnny went through and downloaded all 400 episodes of the Accelerator. That's cool. But it's Johnny. He's, he's one person. And that's fine. And I can put a sponsor message in. And by the time you've listened to seven episodes, you'll have been touched enough to think, oh, maybe I will try AWeber or whatever. And it's, that's fine. But it's only one person. <clears throat> so you've got to, these gurus don't want to get to the meat of it because they're selling advice. When you sell advice, you've got to fill your funnel. And to fill your funnel, you've got to get traffic. And to get traffic takes time. And what you can't do when you're trying to get traffic is spend time on the meaningful conversations. They give you the easy answers. The reason they give you the easy answers is because they'll give you a false positive. They can then ignore you and they can come back and they can keep filling their funnel and selling more things. And then they'll get the same question 10 times the next month and the next month because the life cycle of a podcaster going through that membership or academy or whatever will always be the same. Three months in, how oh, crap, how do I double my numbers? Oh, crap, how do I double my... And it's, it's always perpetuated by the same advice. So that, that is weird because it's rubbish. And the reason it's weird because it's rubbish is because it always gets found out. Right. And we're seeing now gurus in the space. We are genuinely seeing this. Podcasting has been through enough of a life cycle now that a lot of people are walking away from gurus that were big five, 10 years ago. And if you've only got to look at the numbers, look at the membership numbers, look at the download numbers, look at their whatever. Because they're not genuinely bothered about giving you the advice. They just want to keep selling a course or a membership or a book or a, you know, whatever, the, whatever it is they're selling. There's a thousand things that they do, you know, these coaching things, masterclasses, masterminds, whatever. And 
when it comes to creating content, it's, it, there's no difference to building an audience for content than there is for building a, an audience at my butchers. I got a, there was a guy around yesterday, right? A guy called Sean. He came around to my house. We had a few storms here uh, a few weeks ago and it flooded some of the garden. I was like, oh, crap, I'm not going to be able to fix this. Like, I don't know how to do it. I need someone probably to clear it out and like reseed the grass and stuff because I just, I have no idea how to do that, Johnny. So, I mean, it sounds fairly easy, but I'll definitely mess it up. So I rang him up like, Sean, it's been recommended. Do you want to come around? And, and, and get it done. And he said, yeah. And he came in and I said to him, how long have you been doing this? Six months, right? Well, why are you so busy? Because I set up a Facebook page. I showed people how to seed their own lawn. They realized they didn't know how to do it. I was like, damn you, Sean, you got me. They call me. I come and I'm a good man. And we have a conversation and you make me a brew. I drink the brew. I do good work. That's it. I'll see you next time. And you tell people. And I start, I was thinking about it last night, not in bed, but, you know, before bed. Like, it's all the same, isn't it? You know, yeah. I create podcasts. Someone searches something that's around my podcast. They listen. I do a good job of delivering the content. They tell someone else. Someone else listens. Cycle repeats. So it's all the same, all this guru stuff. Like the, the, the way to learn how to grow a podcast audience is to read the marketing books that have been helping businesses for the last hundred years, you know? And it, so that, that becomes a bit of a challenge. And I, this is where I'm always wary with podcasters because there is one big difference between a business and a podcast, unless you think of your podcast as a business. And that is that, you know, the business has a budget generally and podcasting for many people, even if it is for business or it's part of your content marketing, it's like me and my, you know, the video version of this, there's a guitar in the background, there's a Fender Jazz. Like, I saved a long time to buy that. So when I bought it, I put, I really made sure that my money was going in the right place. And that's the difference between business and podcasting, is that podcasters do this like I do my base. It's a hobby. I ain't gigging mm-hmm. anymore. I'm not, I'm not good enough to earn any money. So it's a hobby. And so I save 30, 40, 50 quid a month, and I research and I choose where to put my money. Yeah. And podcasters don't do that because they, they see the $97 and the next silver bullet and they throw the money there. It doesn't work. Oh, crap, I've then got to save up. And that's the problem. And, and it's, 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 I do think genuinely that people are getting savvier with it, if I'm honest. I, do, I am seeing people saying, don't listen to Guru X, you know, you don't need to. That might be me positively reinforcing myself, but I don't know. I'm starting to see a bit of a turn in the tide, I think. Yeah, it could be cognitive bias. I, I, I will just point out for our, any of our international listeners that a brew is a cup of tea in case you're sat there Oh, it's wondering. not a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I always get said, mate, I went to America, right? And, and uh, we, we always do the trips to podcast movement. And every, it took three years for me to figure this out. On a morning, 7 a.m., I'm down in the cafeteria in the restaurant. And I'm like, I said, you know, you see all the American friends out there. All right, everyone, are we getting a brew? And they were all like, Haha, yeah. Let's get a brew, you psycho. And I'm like, what is going on? And Kieran and I are just thinking, we'll get a brew, it'd be all right. It took me three years. Someone said to me, you know, a brew means beer, don't you? So they all thought we were like alcoholics, 7 a.m., just getting a beer. And it, it took that long. I wish someone had told me, man. <laughs> yeah, n- knowing that uh, having family origins in Merseyside, I, I grew up being, being very familiar with that. So so when it comes to the the world of podcasting, I know you've, I've heard you talking about gurus and stuff before, and and, and I I've been in the personal development world professionally for a long time, and I have similar issues with so many people who are 
kind of talking crap and getting paid for it but they have the image they they look the part they do all the emotional ramping you up getting you super excited about what it is they're offering and then bam bam you get this you get this you get this like oprah you get a car you get a car you could it's that kind of emotional lifting up that they do and they get the sale and i keep thinking to myself well surely at some point people wake up and think um i'm not actually getting any results from this see i felt really good at the time that i bought it and what it was all promising all of this but i'm not actually seeing the results from that but i know from whatever psychology i studied we don't we try to prove ourselves right so the tendency actually people have is to think it's them that's the problem rather than the course or the guru that is is always the way. I mean, you know, we all know people that have made livings out of hyper hyperbolic BS on stages. And you're right, it's I think it's a problem. Like when I got into online business, so I used to run an agency before I was in podcasting and I started a podcast about DC comics. Like I'm a big DC geek. You can see on the video of this on Riverside that I've got a lot of Star Wars stuff. I've got some Joker stuff up back there and Superman over there. And I started podcasting about that. And and I was sort of at a point in my life where I wanted to get out of agency work. I was getting bored of the, the model and I wanted to move into something a little bit more interesting. So I started doing a, uh, a podcast, uh, an interview podcast back in the day. Uh, and someone said, why don't you do public speaking? And I said, well, you know, this is like, I've done a TEDx. I've spoken at Harvard. I'm represented by Washington Speakers Bureau. Like I am, a, I do speak. I'm a speaker now. But back then <clears throat> I was like, are you, what, what is that? That's weird. So I didn't know any better. So I got on stage and I was just like, someone said to me, I remember my first, it was a, by a friend of mine put me on stage, Brad Burton, who's a, a motivational speaker in the UK and he's very straight talking. He doesn't dress things up and he's, he's, not a, he's not a from the stage seller. And he said, Mark, jump on stage. You know, we'll, we'll do a talk. I'll give you half an hour. I was like, half an hour to talk? Are you kidding me? It turns out that's easier if you're me because you just ramble on. And so I developed this talk. I remember vividly, I was downstairs in the end, I posted notes all over the walls, telling the story. I was going through that and, and, and I'd got on stage and I delivered this talk and it got just rapturous re responses. And I was like, what? It wasn't a good talk. I look back now and I think, what has gone on there? <clears throat> and I'll tell you what it was. It was because I was that naive that I just went on and I was honest. And I, I literally told the story of why I got into business. And I think one of the... The slides in there was, it's really hard. Like, it's really, really hard to be in business. Like, it's pretty good because I can play golf at three o'clock if I want to, or when I get older, I can drop my kid off at school. And like, ironically, now I've got a kid and I can. And it's sort of a, it, it's, it was just a very honest appraisal of what it's like to be in business. And I got some feedback that was, we've never heard that before. And I, I had no idea, man. I was not smart. I was not talented. I wasn't a good speaker. I was just naive enough to go up there and do what I thought they wanted me to do, which is be honest. And I, it, it, it sort of just carried on and I just kept doing that. Now, I think the reason and a lot of feedback that we've always had then through podcasting as podcast websites, as, as, as Captivate, now as part of Global, is that we, we often hear, and I often hear, in response to like a talk that I'll do or just something that I'll say like on my podcast, I get a lot of this kind of response, which is, do you know I've been thinking that, but I didn't want to say it because I thought I was being daft. Or I thought I was being silly because the gurus don't say that or they all tell me to go the opposite way. But thank God, because I've been thinking it. Because we're all smart. You know, we get into this position where we want to create content. 
are all smart enough to do it. I always say this to people that are struggling with what to talk about, or actually, more to the point, the imposter syndrome. I said, look, you know, if you've got to the point where you feel confident enough to buy a mic, plug it into a computer and put some opinions down, you're already really good at what you do. We just need to get you a little bit better at like the formatting of your podcast and the volume of your music. You're already really good at what you do. So don't second guess yourself. You know, don't, don't come from a place of this person. It knows more than me because they're on stage or they've written a book or they're wearing a suit or they, they get you G'd up at a conference because they've been paid to G you up. But when you really think about it, they've not said anything. You know, don't, you are the expert in what you do. And I, I think you're absolutely right in that people do put their own barriers up and say, well, it's, it must be me that's the problem. And I think <clears throat> the, one of the other challenges is that a lot, of, a lot of gurus, a lot of people online that are selling this sort of influence, shaping education, are, are perpetuating the idea that if, if you are fired, in, fired up enough to do something and you think, you know, yeah, that's the magic thing, I've got to do the thing, that magically you'll just learn how to do it. They, ne- they rarely tell you the how. Because again, like I said earlier, they just want to keep filling their funnel. They ain't got the time to give you the how. Yeah. You know, so it's <clears throat> the classic is this one, mate, and you'll have heard this a thousand times. Go where your audience are, ask them what they're struggling with and create something that fix it, fixes it. And you're like, right, I'm in home first in the UK. I've got a plot of land and I'm struggling with building a house. Right. What are you going to do, Guru? What are you going to do? Are you going to sort out the architects for me and get the planning permission sorted, figure out all the joiners, the building, the building control? Are you going to sort out the windows and the plumbing, the first fixes? And the, No, you're not. You're going to inspire me to go, yes, I am so fired up that I still don't know what to do. Thank you for that. So <clears throat> one of the problems that we then get is that they start to write books about it. And there's only a few business books that I really like, like the one thing I think is good, Atomic Habits is good, because it gives you stuff to do. Yeah. Where the wheat versus the chaff you know the chaff is not is not great but there's so much of it and and it's because all people want to do is get you fired up enough that you spend enough money with them <clears throat> that they can live off you for a year or two and then you'll cancel and realize that actually I never oh, I never got round to this I was too busy and then they'll guess and then they hit you then they'll slap you around the face with well if it mattered enough you would make time and you're like, get in the sea. Like, that's not how it works. Because it's, I always say this to podcasters, like <clears throat> someone comes to me and says, how, how do I grow my podcast? And I, I always divide opinion on this because some people just want do this, do this, do this. They can leave. They're not for us. That's cool. What I generally do is I'll say, well, look, learn a bit of SEO. And I recommend the John Janch book, or I'll recommend listening to Sarah on our podcast. Or, you know, I'll say, well, what, what, what are you struggling with? Well, don't know how to create better content. Go and read Joseph Campbell and learn how to tell stories. Don't li- read on writing by Stephen King or watch Star Wars 10 times for the standard hero's journey, whatever. Learn to tell stories. And they don't, some people love it. Some people don't like it because they think, well, well, that's not what I was told to do. Like It's like me turning up to the golf course and saying to the, the, the instructor, right, mate, I've got a slice and I want to hit it further. I know he's going to say, well, get fitter and lose some weight because you're a mess. And if you do that, you're going to be fitter and you'll swing better and you'll probably fix it yourself. I don't want to hear that. I just want him to say, move your hand there and you'll, you're fixed. And it's the same thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the sad thing is that you're right. A lot of gurus will, will try and help you to build your influence by 
giving you things that feel great and giving you that dopamine hit. And and I do think, I know I'm beating up on it, but I do think there is a place for that because I think that's the bit that gets you started. Yeah. That's the bit that really, that tips you over the hedge and it's the snowball starting down the top of the hill and you're like, right, I'm going now. But that's where that stops. Everything else is genuine education. You've got to learn actual things. You know, you mentioned earlier psychology. You've studied. You've got experience. You know, you didn't just go out there and get inspired. You got inspired and then you did something, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a big difference. And and I think a lot of it does just come down to people don't want to put the work in. They they want the uh, sort of open packet, staring contents and, and you're done sort of thing. And, and it doesn't really work that way. And uh, people don't like to hear the reality of it. Uh, they would much rather hear a magic pill or uh, something that they could have in this imaginary thing. I, I think there's always this thing of people get excited when they start move, feel like they're starting to move in a particular direction, but they get disillusioned very quickly. Uh, which yeah. I guess is a lot behind pod fade and stuff as well, which we, we hear a lot about in the oh, podcasting world. Um, I want to ask you specifically about podcasting in, in the business world, because as, a, as somebody who has an audience that is probably primarily people who are in business, are entrepreneurial kind of people, speakers, coaches, and the likes, what value do you feel there is for people to do this? Do you think it's like, well, you should be thinking about doing a podcast or you should be appearing on podcasts at the very least, or maybe it's not for everybody? I think there's always value in doing things that make other people aware of your personality. Um, Writing, video, podcasting. I don't know why I couldn't think of podcasting then as an option. Podcasting, you know, whatever it is, going out and speaking or, excuse me, even being around conferences and just being around. You know, I think there's value to that, but I think you've got to be really comfortable with it. Like, I really enjoy doing video stuff, but I don't generally do as much as it, as, uh, of it as I'd like because I don't have as much time as, as I'd like to be able to, to properly edit it. So I think you've got to go where you are comfortable because there's, there's an audience everywhere now, like podcasting is big enough, TikTok's big enough, short form reels on, you know, blogging's still massive. People are still Googling stuff, video, YouTube, whatever, public, they're all, there's a place everywhere for everything. So you don't just have to do one thing. So, yes, podcasting is great, whether you create your own, whether you guest on them, whatever. But so is the other thing that you're comfortable with. So I just, I would go where you're most naturally comfortable. And it's, yes, I'm a fan of podcasting. The reason I'm a fan of podcasting personally is because I think it, um, I think if you were looking to guest, I don't think there's another medium that will allow you to guest on so many good shows. Like it's hard to guest more on a YouTube show. Yeah, you need a little bit more gear. It's got to look better, and there's less YouTube shows that do interviews with everyone. Same with blogging. <clears throat> like with blogging, you have to also be a writer to guest, or at least you've got to be guesting with a blogger that will send you the questions, and they'll do the transcript. You know, whatever. So it's a bit more complex. At least with podcasting, you can sort of do the thing that you do in the pub, or you can do the thing that you do when you're pitching clients. And I always say this to people: how how would you pitch yourself if you just went down the pub? When the, well, this is obvious. I'd just say this, this, and this. Well, then you can podcast or you can guest on podcasts. And you've been into client meetings before, like you've had to talk to customers. So you can do all this stuff. So I think there's inherent value in anything where people get to know you, you know? And I know that's a bit of a roundabout, you know, podcasting, yay or nay. But yeah, if you're comfortable with you as the voice, guest and create podcasts, of course. And go as far as you need to, whether it is guesting or creating your own, there is value in it. But the, I think the, the, the bigger answer would be, Wherever you are comfortable putting yourself, there will be an audience that will appreciate you being yourself. So go there. 
you know yeah. does that kind of make sense it does i mean i i kind of i have a bit of a take on that that there's a lot of people who are going on podcasts and uh, you mentioned about people showing your personality earlier a lot of people are showing a boring personality or <laughs> they're they're really not showing much personality at all they're doing what a lot of public speakers do in their early days of just delivering a lot of information uh, and not having story there not having personality and character there and and it can be dull as dishwater to listen to it's hard content to put out if somebody is just delivering solid information and, and not much else or, or you know, uh, I, I mean i've had this issue on my show a few times of having guests come on and they don't give the host a chance to interject you <laughs> might as well not be there and it's well to me it just comes across as that that is a um, overly dominating personality it's not a good look and, and so i think there is a chance that people could be doing themselves some damage as well if they're not showing up in the right way on podcasts would you agree yeah i think <clears throat> excuse me i've got a frog in my throat today this is terrible for podcast interviews but the I think it's about showing up in a genuine way. So we always hear this this authenticity word thrown around a lot. And unless it's genuine, it's just bunkum. Like, you know, authenticity is not being Gary Vee and wearing a T-shirt and swearing. Authenticity is whatever you are and yeah. actually leaning into that. And that's why like, I struggled with that with a few years, to be honest, for a few years, to be honest, mate. I was like, you know, I need to be online influencer, online influencer number one and number two and take what they're doing and be like, oh yeah, I'm all about gratitude and this, that and the other. Of course I am. I'm just a nice guy, but I don't have to bleed on about it. It's my shtick and my way that I deliver things is just straight talking, no BS. Like that's my thing. I, you know, I could tell, I could wax lyrical about my morning routine. It doesn't exist, mate. You know, so it, it's, it, I, I get up, have a brew, not beer, get up, look after the kid, take the dog out, get to work, crack on. And it's, I struggled with that because I tried to be someone else. And then when I started going on podcasts and just being like, it's, it, it just, it, people responded to me. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, yeah. this guy is real and genuine. I was like, what's gone on here then? Like, what are they actually expecting from me? So it's not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a case of going on and being like, well, you, 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 you know, you've got to be a certain type. I think it's just going on and being comfortable yourself because you will be, you will be better if you're yourself. You'll be just, you'll be better. You yeah. can't fake that. You can't make it up. But I think it's, I'll tell you what it's like. It's like being on karaoke, right? So you got a karaoke, Johnny. I don't know. What's your karaoke song? I'm going to get be a song to bond you over. Nine to five. All right, we'll go with that. I love Dolly. that. Bit of Dolly. Perfect. Are you down for a Jovi guy? But all right, I'm good with Dolly. I would probably go for um, yeah, I'd go with like a Dolly, like a I will always love you, and I'd do the, you know, just the screechy version. It'd be beautiful. <laughs> We'd be a great duet. Cool. So we go on karaoke. You and me, we smash out nine to five together, and you and me put everything into it. Right, we're at hundred percent, and to the crowd, we ju we just stood there because we're not professional singers. So our 100% to the audience looks like we're not really in it. In order to be a Freddie Mercury or a Dolly Parton or to be a John Bon Jovi or to be a, anyone else that you can think of that's a, a, a mega front person, they're not giving their 100%. They're giving their 150 and to us it looks like they're giving 100% because they're capable of, be, of leaning into this version of himself that is in there and they can pull it out and they can deliver and then they go home and it goes back in and they drink the water and they drink the wine, they have a cup of tea, they take the kids out and that's them at 
But when they're on stage performing, they're, they're hitting it, all right? But we don't do that because we're not pros at it. We, we do our 100% and to the audience, it looks like we stood there and we're just delivering a song. It's the same in podcasting. Your personality day-to-day at work, in life, at the gym, with your kids, school, you know, taking the kids to school is always 100% of you. It is. Like, that's your default, you know? You can't be less than 100%. You can be a bit moody, you can be a bit grumpy, you can have an off day. You're still 100% you. That's just part of it. But when you deliver on a podcast, you're performing. You know, I do it on my show. I'm, I am, granted, pretty much the same in real life, but I'm still just dialed up a little bit. I am just dialed And I learned that if I enunciate more, if I put more feeling into my, my, my speaking, my talking, then I will sound like I'm doing 100%. Whereas someone like Sam, my fiance, sat here, she'd be like, what are you doing? You, you know, what are you performing at? And this is always a performance. So when you're, when you're on a podcast, if you're guesting, if you're doing your own thing, give 150% of you and people react to that. People say, wow, this person, because no one else is doing it. All the other guests are turning up and giving 100%. So you stand out as the person that really delivered. Wow, they had so much energy. They were great. They love what they're doing. Look how good they were. You're not being any different, except you've just taken the thing that makes you, you, and said, right, for now, for 20 minutes, I'm going to turn that up to 11. And that's it. You know, and he, like, I don't know how you teach that. I should put that somewhere. I should maybe do an episode on it, but it's, it's a, it's a common thing that I see with everyone in business, public speakers, everyone, bloggers, YouTubers. If you give the 150%, people get to know you the 100%. I know it's pretty abstract, but yeah, that no, is, that is my advice. This, this is actually what I've created a course about. <laughs> so oh, okay. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Because I, I, and again, that was partly from your, partly from your direction, hearing you say, teach what you've actually, teach what you can actually deliver, not what, not results that you haven't been able to get for yourself. It's like, I'm not going to teach people how to market their podcasts when I'm, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out for myself, but I can teach people a bit about developing their charisma and showing up in a, uh, t- being able to turn up those dials a bit and have that authenticity and, and also mm. put in practical stuff as to how to do that through the podcasting world that will actually allow you to to get on shows and to have the kit that you need and make mm-hmm. it easy for people to research you and approach shows in a way that makes it hard for them to say no to you. Like, th- there's a lot you can do there. And I think, well, that, that stuff I can teach. And that's what well, that's that peripheral. That, that periphery stuff, sorry to jump in, buddy. The, the, the peripheral side of things is, it's fascinating to me because a lot of my content is just applying what I've learned in other areas to podcasting. And, and a lot of people say, I do get this a couple of times. Like I, my intent is not to build a podcast that's my living. You know, I've got probably one sponsor from Airweb, they've been with me for 10 years. I've got my Star Wars podcast. I t- it's, a, it's a laugh. I put no marketing into it with guys. I don't do anything with it apart from just sit there and go on about Star Wars. It's, that's exactly what I want from So people do now and again say to me, well, how can you give marketing advice on how to grow a podcast when your podcast is... According to the numbers, it's a top 5% podcast, but believe me, it's not a top 5%. Like it's not a Jordan Harbinger or a Lore or a Wondery show. And a lot of people say, well, how can you give that advice on marketing a podcast when you have not grown a podcast to 50, 100,000 downloads per episode? And I say, well, that's a great point, but I'm not giving advice on marketing a podcast. I'm giving you advice on marketing and growth. And here are the things that I've marketed, built, and grown. And they've done pretty well for themselves based on what I'm telling you. And it's none of this is different for you, the podcaster. It just so happens that your thing is the podcast. And I I think that there's, you know, going right back to that earlier point, don't learn marketing from a podcaster. 
Learn marketing from a marketer. You know, learn SEO from an SEO. Learn storytelling from a storyteller. And you put all those things together. And that's what we did with Captivate. We, we didn't learn how to build software by studying um, the software builders. We learned how to build podcast software by studying podcasters. Yep. You know, and it's, you, you, you sort of, you've got to get past that silver bullet and realize that the only silver bullet that there is, is, is practice. Like <clears throat> a good example of this again is back to the guitar. I, I, I've played bass for 20 years, mate, right? And I probably had a 10, well, actually longer than that, probably 24, 25 years. I had a, a bit of a hiatus for about 14 of those, right? When I stopped playing bass, I, you know, for 14, 15 years ago, I was like basic standard bass player, pretty rock, you know, John Deacon sort of, that sort of good-ish, but not advanced. I picked it back up and I thought, do you know what? It'd be good to learn all those things that I thought only really good people could do. And I sat down, I wanted to learn a really specific technique on one particular thing. And for three or four days, and that's all it was, I put a metronome on and I did a thousand of these things every day for four days. And I did it twice a day for four days. So what's that? 8,000 of these things. Now it's like I've always been able to do it. And it's because I practiced in that, and I mean a short space of time. If you apply that to podcasting, like you said earlier, I changed the beginning of my show to make it more attractive, to entice people in. And that's because you've practiced and it's because you've focused on just that one little bit. What's that one thing that I want to fix? And I've focused on doing it. Now that's second nature. That's just what you do. That's your show. And then the next thing that you might want to change in the future will be the next thing. And then it all suddenly becomes natural. And the show goes from being in your mind at this level to being this level. And then suddenly the listeners notice and they tell other people, wow, John has really changed things up recently. It's, it was great before, but now it's one of the best out, out there that I listen to. And it's, it's that kind of approach where you think, well, I'm not getting more traffic. Well, okay. Uh, let me analyze if we use podcasting as, a, as an example. Okay. And this is one of the first things that I always go through with people. Show me your episode titles. They're usually rubbish. You know, they're usually Mark Asquith on podcasting. Mark Asquith on podcasting growth. Like, who cares? No one knows me and no one knows about podcasting growth. It, it needs to be something a little bit more enticing. You know, something that's along the lines of why your podcasting growth is stuck because of the guru BS that you're chewing up. You know, whatever. I mean, that's very hyperbolic. That's very clickbait. You've got that vibe to it and a very extreme example. But if you fix these three things or these two things, get your titles right, get your descriptions right, get the intro right, like you mentioned. I, do that do one thing at a time and they don't take long you know one day you can do three of those things and things happen and it's like when you're playing the guitar and suddenly you pull something off that you've never been able to do and you catch yourself doing it mid-flow of a song you think oh my word where did that come from and then it, it happens to your podcast oh my word my numbers have gone up or someone's emailing me and telling me it's great or they've shared something and it, it works man it's just practice yeah. it's focused practice yeah are you, are you okay to go a few minutes more or do you need to start wrapping up? Yeah, I've probably got five. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so so one question that I, I did want to get to with you is has come from somebody in uh, Chris Ducker's Upreneur Incubator, which is how I was first introduced to you. And uh, so Becca, apparently, she's launching a podcast and she's been asking about how to launch now. I know uh, Chris's daughter, Chloe, has given a bit of advice. I, I've chimed in as well. What would you say to somebody who is launching a business-based podcast as to how that 
launch strategy? What should they be thinking about? Go through the free course that we've got on Captivate. <clears throat> Plug. No, I, I, in all seriousness, I would. You've got to think about what you're trying to achieve with this. In fact, the two things that probably no one will think about with this is what do I genuinely want to achieve with it? I genuinely want to achieve. You know, what is it? Email lists? Is it the network? Is it positioning? And how much time can I realistically put into this? 20 minutes a week, an hour a week? And then map that to how little can you outsource? Completely contradictory. I'm sorry, Chris. VAs are great. But how little at this point can you not outsource? Why do I say that? The reason is that maybe YouTube is similar to this, but unlike most other forms of content, it relies, as a podcaster, it relies on this, on on me being able to get enough out of my mouth in such an emotive, passionate, useful, interesting, I suppose, triggering way, something that's going to trigger people to think and do. How can I get as much of that out as quickly as possible in a way that is going to really help people? And you can't do that by outsourcing planning or show notes or any of that stuff. You've got to do it for the first, honestly, the first hundred episodes at least, you've got to do all of that yourself. Yeah. And if you do that, when you launch... Other people are going to give you the launch strategy. You know, I'll t- my launch strategy is always this. Build a trailer, put it out two weeks before, hammer the marketing to it because then people will follow it. When you drop your episodes, people will already be following it. They'll listen to it. They'll binge. Building a single call to action to start sharing it. Use something like Captivate's dynamic content, Amy, to add your pre-roll calls to action to get people to share it. Give them one place to go to share it, like your single promo link, whatever. Like, that's all easy stuff. Do that. Everyone's going to tell you that sort of stuff. And then when you launch, you just get everyone to listen. We got told by Apple two weeks ago, ratings and reviews don't matter when it comes to the chat. So screw that. Sorry, everyone that's selling courses based on that crap that we've been telling you for years. Go forget that. Put it out to your circle. Put it out to your, out to your close friends and tell people to give you honest feedback, what they like, what they dislike, and what you can improve. And then don't outsource it. But if you've mapped what you want to achieve. So for a business podcast, <clears throat> there's only really a few things that you can want. What do you want? Money? That's not going to happen. It's top of the funnel. Positioning? Yeah, good. A network if you don't already have one? Good. Uh, data? Yeah. Email list, Twitter followers, whatever. There's only those real things. I can't think of anything else that you'd yeah. want from it. Traffic? Yeah, arguably, but that's, you know, they lead, that traffic leads to one of those other things. Um, pick one. Decide which one you want to target and devise a show that isn't easy, but that gets you to the goal. Great example of this. I want positioning. Okay, good. I'm going to do an interview podcast. What? Why? Well, it's easier, isn't it? I just get my guests on. Yeah. And they get the positioning. <laughs> you know, it's, it's nuts. So think about what you want and, and don't, don't be afraid of doing a five minute podcast once a month. Or doing a two-hour podcast five times a week. If you like, there is no right or wrong with that. Do something that you can do well and you can release consistently. That's the only thing that you need to worry about. And there's a lot more that we can go into with that one, but there, they are some things that other people might not say about launching a podcast. I can yeah. say all the other stuff that they would say, but there's some things that other people genuinely uh, generally might not go into. Yeah. I mean, this is just a, maybe a, a quick, quick guess. I know just because I know we, we need to wrap things up, but do you think it's a 
good idea to be to aim to become a professional podcast now? Because I think that's possible for people now. Do you, do you think that's a good thing, or do you think it's not something that people should be initially or solely focused on as a business? Mate, I'm 40. And I'm still trying to be a professional golfer. So <laughs> you know, keep up the doodling. No, I think you can, and I think you can become. I think it's this is going to sound really contradictory to the industry. I think it's easier now to be a professional podcaster than ever. There's a bit of a Goldilocks moment happening where everyone wants to identify with, I think this is going to perpetuate for a little bit more, mid-tier podcasters, people that can be great talent with just a little bit of focus and attention. So now's a good time. Yes, I think people should, could strive for it. However, unlike me and my golf, you've got to put the time in. You know, If you want to be a professional podcaster, then you better have Monday to Friday, nine to five clear because that's what you're going to need. That doesn't mean that you can't make a living from podcasting without putting the nine to five in. I know people that, that don't put the nine to five in and they, they make enough of a living. But all of the professional podcasters that I know from Jordan Harbinger to Aaron Mankey to people that, that run super niche podcasts and make six figures. This is no lie, man. I know people that make six figure salaries, like big six figure salaries from podcasts that have got three figure downloads Per episode, like let think about that, significantly less than a thousand downloads. They're making 150, 200 grand a year because it's their nine to five, and they're in such a niche that they all they have to do is make very good content for that small niche. It's not that their numbers are low; it's that they've got everyone in their industry who will listen to podcasts listening to theirs. So, yeah, of course you can be a pro, but you got to do it nine to five. You know, there's a parting shot. One of the things that I often say in my uh, in my emails and in my my podcast is that if you want your if you want your podcast to perform like a business, then you've got to treat it like one. Yeah. Well, we we will st we will start to wrap things up there, Matt. There's some great answers. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you. Congratulations on the global acquisition with Captivate, and I myself moved over recently to to Captivate as my hosting, and I'm loving it. It's got everything that a podcaster could need and wish for, and I know there's more good stuff coming as well. And we'll continue listening to Podcast Insider and all the good stuff that you continue to put out. Thanks so much for coming and joining me on Speaking Influence. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks, Johnny. You're a fantastic host and uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, keep doing the good work, man. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show and that I didn't nerd out on talking about podcasting too much. But I do hope that it has given you some inspiration for at least being a guest on podcasts if that is not something that you're already doing and maybe even for starting your own. If you are considering starting a podcast, then you could do a lot worse to check out the Captivate FM course on how to get your podcast started. And I will put the link to that in the show notes for you so you can go and get that. And if you want to try out Captivate as a podcaster for your hosting service, you can get a free seven days with that and you can utilize the affiliate link in the show notes. You can also drop Mark a note on Twitter. Let him know if you're signing up to Captivate or if you want to chat Star Wars or other things. His Twitter is at Mr. Asquith. And again, I'll put a link to that in the show notes for him. We have had a lot of fun interactions on that platform. And I think you can all agree, if you've listened this far on the show, Mark's a fun guy to get to know and to talk to. We're going to have more stuff coming up on podcasting. I'm going to be bringing you the show with Adam Adams from the podcast on podcasting where you'll find some different perspectives on some of the things that we've talked about today. But I know that you're going to enjoy that as well because it was another great conversation for me and love talking about this podcasting stuff. I'd like to hear from you. If you are interested in getting in podcasting, do feel free to get in touch. 
As you might have heard Mark mention in the show, the best way for podcasts to grow is for people to be sharing them out. And if you've enjoyed this content and you've got some value out of this episode, please consider sharing it out with your friends and network. There's a very good chance that some of them will too. And it honestly is the best way to help us out and to help the show grow. Two episodes a week has been proving to be uh, a bit more than I can handle right now. So I will be going back to one episode a week for the time being and keeping those format changes it does mean there won't be interviews every single week so one week there'll be a book review and the next book i'm going to be reviewing is going to be robert cialdini's influence the psychology of persuasion another week there'll be an interview another week there'll be some content i'm going to try and at least once a month get somebody who's at least pretty well known in the industry someone you might might be likely to have heard of as a guest on the show as we keep stepping things up to that high level so even though there might be a bit less content hopefully you'll be able to agree that it's going to be better quality content and we're going to keep it entertaining and engaging so stay subscribed to the show and please accept a big thank you from me for your support for the show even if this is the first episode you've ever listened to we appreciate you So wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, have an amazing rest of your day. Go and make great things happen.